0: Yeah, just go out to all the women. Yo. I just want to live my life and be happy. But if you win a relationship with a girl, that's next to impossible. Because they always upset with some shit that is not worth being upset about. Like, you could be sitting down. And a woman's like, yo, you should be standing up. Not sitting down anymore. And then you're like, but that don't bother anybody. Why can't I just chill? And she like, I heard it on a fucking podcast that you shouldn't be standing up anymore. Or read it on a blog. And then you're mad because you should have fucking because that's a later episode on a podcast that in a series that you were supposed to listen to together but you went out of town and she was trying to listen to it without you even though you promised together that you listened to the whole thing so now you can't even listen to the podcast and it's a cultural phenomenon and everybody talking about it and that shit's supposed to make me feel okay but then when I raise my voice and say why you listen to that podcast she like why you raise your voice at me you shouldn't be doing that and you should only treat me with every, with every respect and I'm like but baby it's not respectable if you listening to the podcast and the later episodes that went on. We said we were supposed to listen to it together, but you listening to the podcast and now I'm more pissed off. So I got to swallow that pie and eat it up and later on that become cancer. And then you're the winner because you like taking care of everybody. So you taking care of me on my deathbed and that make you feel like a woman. Yeah, but I'm dying and that shit hurt because cancer ain't good. And I hurt and I'm with her in the way, but secretly you happy, so you get
1: your way no matter what. I'm taking the proper Okay. It is Friday, January 17th, 2020. I'm am trying to see if I can get through this half sober. I'm just try sipping on some of this uh, Christmas ale that uh, a colleague of mine gave me. Um, see what stupid shit we could talk about at the top of the show. Is 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 Trump peach or not? Is you know where I'm recording this. Uh, apparently uh you know uh, you know trump uh sent a tweet out saying uh i just got impeached for making a perfect phone call in all likelihood um you're getting impeached for being an a1 bag of shit. You know just we, we just need this national nightmare to end real soon because before you know, just we all just sink in the ground or whatever fuck happens because it's just because 2020 is is not starting on a, off on a right note. It's just not. I know for me, it is definitely not. You know, me being the super broke motherfucker that I always is. By the way, donate to the podcast PayPal.me. Slash I mean just, uh, just 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 uh, you know because uh, let's see, I I mean I just uh, I've had it. <laughs> I'll just just cut this out of the way, just like a, you know, starting off with a shitty week because uh, let's see, last weekend. Uh, I had a major sinus attack, just like the, I had what is known online as sinusitis vertigo, uh, where I just I couldn't get out of bed because there apparently was a lot of mucus backed up into my head. So last time I had like a really big sinus infection, um, Obama got reelected. Like literally the night that happened, like I was in bed just smiling, my size were killing me. So I was just like, so I literally did not get out of bed, which was cool anyway. Because like I said, I was I'm I'm broke, so just waiting for people to give me money, well send me money because they owe me money. You know, you know, just you know being a freelancer, that's that shit still goes on, and just still have still having that lovely thing where I call email people ask, hey. Where's my money? And they give you a fucking attitude. Just like, you know, I deal with a hundred freelancers. And all, and I'm like, well, good. Just you should know where the hell my money is at. So I don't know why you getting all up in your shit. Because I just asked, where's my money at? My money is supposed to be here. And I don't see it. So, of course, I have to ask you, where's my money at? But some reason, I don't know, you do that and people think you got a problem or whatever. Um, shall, shall I talk about some sports shit? Because, uh, you know, being in Houston, um, the big story is, of course, the Astros scandal, which is um, I don't know if it's if it's because I'm so uh, into dealing with my shit that I haven't really gotten which is funny because I kind of work with a lot of sports Colleagues and uh, and they're all over this because uh, let's see. Well, let me see. Let's see what is the, the official word on Twitter. After the Astros were punished by Major League Baseball for going to elaborate and technical lengths to give their batters an illegal edge against opposing pitchers, new allegations involving players wearing electronic devices have emerged. Though the MLB says they did not find evidence of such devices in their investigation, fans aren't entirely convinced it's out of the realm of possibility. This other thing. thing, uh, Buzzergate caught traction when a person claiming to be former Astro player Carlos Beltran's niece accused the club of using devices to alert players to certain pitches the Astros were already found guilty of using an elaborate setup to steal signs from opposing pitchers to tip their batters to what pitches they'd be facing. And I just wait, isn't like Beltran, he's out? Oh, yeah, Carlos Beltran is out as as New York Mets manager due to his involvement in the Houston Astros' sign-stealing scandal, sources tell ESPN. He is the third manager to lose his job in the fallout. I can't help but think this is just like, this is just what the fuck happens when you give a Houston team a championship. It's like, yeah. You know something, you know, just, you know, I don't want to say I saw all this shit coming, but it's just like, ah, this 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 whole thing. Yeah. I just feel that the whole glory, the whole Houston strong glory would not last long. But, uh, yeah, so you know, if y'all in baseball, which is, unfortunately I am not, you know, no, this must be a huge story, but it's just like, yeah, it's the Astros. Just Oh yeah. I got more sports shit to talk about. Believe it or not. Um, let's. Another thing, uh, let's see, going to my notes. Uh, the New Orleans police have issued a simple battery warrant for Odell Beckham Jr. after slapping an officer on the butt during a post game celebration. Yeah, and before you know, people you know, get all up in arms. Uh, the 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 officer he slapped on the butt was a short white dude. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, even though, you know, just like just, I'm assuming you've never been in a football locker room, but I'm assuming men slap each other in the ass all the time. But still, <laughs> it is a short white dude in a police uniform. So, you know, he's not going to take that shit lightly. So, of course, this this is happening. Oh, man, <laughs> just do not, do not slap little short police officers on the ass, because this is just, it's just gonna, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it kind of remind me of that, uh, that whole, uh, vid- that video with the short dude at the bagel shop, uh, talking about women not wanting to date him. They just, they will go off and, and just irrational stuff will happen, like a simple battery warrants. Well, oh, oh, some, one more other thing. Um, once again, let me go back to the notes. Oh yeah, uh, Lamar Odom's fiance reveals they use app to alert her if he's watching porn. I don't really need nap. Just go on his devices, and if he's cleared the history, yeah, dude's been watching porn. And by the way, if he is watching porn, is 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 that a bad thing? I mean, this is this is Lamar Odom we're talking about. You know, as long as he's not holed up somewhere uh, with two crack hoes, I mean, it's 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 all good. Just, just like just you know, just in a way, I, I'm kind of think like the app is just her just, just letting know that he's not out somewhere. Uh, doing crack or, or whatever, or worse, just like oh, oh I just got the, the want the app the app alert that he's watching porn. He's he's safe. He's just at home beaten off. So thank thank the Lord. Um uh, Ayanna Presley just recently announced uh, that she has alopecia. Uh, the representative recently announced that. Um well you know, just like big ups to her. Uh, she you know i yeah, listen i'm pretty sure she can uh pull it off because you know black women you know, always I mean black people in general just always uh, can pull off the uh, baldness i'm I think I'm the only person the only black person who cannot pull off the baldness because the top of my head look like a goddamn ink and treasure map I got wrinkles and I got folds and it's just not it's bad enough. I'm okay. I'm losing my hair. But it's just like you lose the hair and just I just I just don't give a fuck about what happens up here anymore. It's just I'm done with it. Uh what else? Uh Ja rule is promoting his tax preparation company Value Tax on Twitter, nigga. I'd rather get tax advice from Red Fox than from you. Just as no dead Re- Red Fox has been dead for a long, long time now. But you know, yeah, I would rather dig him up and see if I can get some tax and listen to your fire festival star nask. Oh man! Oh Jesus! Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I just recently just get, uh, found out about the Meghan Markle stuff, the the Meghan, you know, just all the stuff going on over there, where apparently just the press and the media and you people they just hate her guts, and it's uh. A lot of people say it's racial, which I'm not even denying that there's a possibility there's a strong that plays into it strongly, but I think it's mostly also the fact that she's American it's just if if there's anything uh down nabby or anything Julian fellows has written as has taught us is that you know just British people really don't like it when American people show up and just act like they run the place just, you're gonna you know come up here with your mixed race, good looks, and just, it's like, you're not just, (laughs) not a proper, uh, alabaster Anglo stock or whatever, fuck, and just, just act like, you know, we, we don't accept that, and just, that's, you know, and just also just, you know, just I gotta be honest. Like when, when the whole when the whole stuff happened, she's gonna get married to Prince or um, Uh, Just I didn't know she was a mixed race. I just thought she was another chick. This is, um, you know, just gonna be in the royal family. They they said they're gonna move to Canada. Is he? I'm just looking to make sure. Yeah, she's American, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm going in Los Angeles, but just taking a step back from being mercilessly mercilessly um, critiqued and ridiculed, not like uh, Princess Kate or whatever. It's, it It also just goes into just a general thing that I have experienced throughout my life, which is just uh white people have no idea what to do with black people sometimes. They they don't. They just like it just we're here and just like be nice to you know communicate and talk about things but for the most part, uh from what especially from what I've observed, uh white people are just just, you know, they would very much like it if we just don't talk. To each other because it's just. Yeah, you know, listen, I've I've had many in, in experience where, and and just as a person who's just, uh, you know, just completely black, you know, uh, and is sh- uh, built the way I am, just a huge, um, loud Negro that can make a lot of people uncomfortable. I was just recently told, you know, trying, once again, trying to look for work. And I was told by somebody that it's just like, I, the reason why I don't get enough work is because I scare people. Wasn't trying to scare people. But apparently I do. Because I'm big, black, and scary. And uh, so just, that's a kind of unfortunate thing with me. Just scary and just, you know, not, you know, and also not sociable. That's another thing. Well, it's, it's the reason I'm not sociable because people don't want to talk to me because apparently I'm scary. And many an issue, My wife was just, uh, I mean, there was this one time when a dude, uh, I was at this uh, office party potluck bullshit. And, uh, this guy rolled up to me drunk out of his mind. And he said, and he asked me, hey, Craig, what's the, uh, what's the deal with, uh, black people in the color yellow? And of course, immediately the first thing I said to him, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Black people don't have a thing with the color yellow as far as, as, far as I know. It was not a uh, yellow discussion in the last black people meeting. and but he was he kept harping on me, just like, what's up with and just like I'm telling like, he's drunk out yeah, of mine. so I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go in the break room and just just cool off or whatever fuck'cause it's like, this dude. and apparently, me not escalating. The situation and just like just diffusing it right there, that made a lot of the white people at the party uncomfortable. I was I was later told that that was that 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 made people uncomfortable. So me not knocking this dude out because he kept asking me about black people in the color yellow that made you uncomfortable. The fact that I. Didn't retaliate. just let's say hey, this dude's drunk, let me just leave it alone because the fact that I didn't do anything made them uncomfortable, whatever the hell. It's just white people are very difficult to figure out sometimes. It's just like we, we, we literally all gravitate towards them hoping that we don't piss them off because. Yeah, of course they have all the money and the power. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm literally at this point now, just like why the fuck do I still do any of this? Just 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 go work at a Hart's family chicken and just do do my best. Uh, okay, whatever. Um All right. This is the most lackadaisical show on the interwebs. This is, everything is canceled. Let's lighten this up by bringing some music into the play. Or something like that.
2: Are you trying to find a beginning, or something just to hold on to? Always know that love will find a way. Is it hard, this life you're living? Does the world seem so unkind? Don't you worry? Some say we've lost And we Some say the word
1: Everything is canceled, a.k.a. Uncle Krizzle's Time to Reflect. I am Craig D. Lindsay, a.k.a. Uncle Krizzle, a.k.a. Black Larry David, a.k.a. Anastasia Beaverhausen, a.k.a. Always Screaming About Lulu Wang. And I want to... Contact me out there on the media's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever the hell you use. It's uh, gonna be uh, at Uncle Crizzle. That's U N C L E C R I Z Z L E. Whatever you wherever you listen to this place, plat this podcast, whatever platform, you know, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Gotta say that shit now. Like, comment, and subscribe, and, and tell other people. Let other people know this shit is out here. Please, for the love of God, just I'm just just out here in the ether. Just is, is anybody listening to this? Am I, am I just talk? I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. Just 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 just, just, just give me a bone, people. Um, throw me a bone or something like that. Um, and also, if you want to donate to the podcast, you know. Let's also let's, let's let's keep do that. That's, I'm still trying to look for sponsors because I don't know if the, the, the porn guy is going to help anymore. Um, it's um, paypal.me slash Uncle Crizzle. That's paypal.me slash Uncle Sure, I use Cash App. Sure, I use Venmo. But I have been using PayPal since the early 2000s. Um, let's uh, go in briefly with the music that we just played. Starting off the top of the uh, top of the block with uh, "Everyday Struggle" from the notorious B.I. G. Biggie Smalls from his classic "Ready to Die" album. Now uh, Biggie, uh, Biggie had just been inducted into the uh, 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I've been meaning to play that song because I think that song speaks to not just me but so many goddamn people out there. just just an everyday struggle, an everyday struggle, especially if you're struggling to do a lot of shit in one day. Uh, after that, thought I'd uh, bring some hope and love into the, the, the uh, block with a uh, love will find a way. Lionel Richie from the Can't Slow Down album, like my my favorite solo Lionel Richie track. Next to it, Love Will Conquer All from his Dancing on the Ceiling album. He'll actually be, I think, uh, playing tomorrow at Minute Maid Park uh, for the uh, the the Diamond Gala that uh, the Astros is doing. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be the main performer, so yeah, so expect a lot of all night long and and uh maybe even dancing on the ceiling, yeah. The Diamond Dreams Gala, which will be uh yeah, at uh Minute Maid Park uh tomorrow. Well actually it's today, I'm sorry. Yeah, just cause it's we're releasing this today. So yeah, January seventeenth. Yeah, he'll be there for that. Uh, Friday, January 17th at 5.30, 5th Annual Diamond Dreams Gala, Mid-May Park. And closing things out, a little bit of jazz, uh, Cottontail, by the, uh, from the Burning for Buddy album, tribute album, by the uh, Buddy Rich Big Band, uh, with Neil Pert on drums. I thought I'd uh, shout out, uh, you know, uh, Salute, uh, Neil Pernan. No, it's not Rush, but just, he did this, uh, produced this, uh, tribute album back in the 90s, uh, Burning for Buddy, and that's, a uh, Cottontail right there. Well, let's see if I can get my, my goddamn guest on the phone. I gotta go over to the, to the phone lines here. See if we can do this. Uh, just, uh give me a few... Uh, give me a few seconds here. And uh, just like a how the hell are these? oh yeah wait a minute. I uh, put this on and. and and nothing's really happening, so this is just you see a way of it Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, there it is. Finally, long last. Jesus Christ! Just close. You put that down right there, just a little bit. Uh. Hello, Brandon. How
3: you doing,
1: man? Oh, I'm so gl- <laughs> so like for for a second there, I thought like we I wasn't gonna get you on the phone, but uh yeah, I'm so glad that well, I- I'm here, baby. All right. Um, <laughs> I guess I should introduce you because we're uh, we're on the air right now. Um, this uh this guest here is a uh, is a actor and a comedian. And you can hear him weekly on the uh, Medium Popcorn podcast, which is without a, without question one of my favorite podcasts right there out there on the interwebs. Oh, uh, thank you, man. Uh, he co-hosted with Justin Brown, who one day I will get the courage to contact him and tell him how much he means to my life right now. Um, but I got got you, and you you mean much to me as well, Brandon Collins. <laughs> welcome to Everything Is Cancelled, sir.
3: Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me, Craig. Uh, yeah, you should reach out to Justin. You know, he would really appreciate it. You know, I, I usually, I get all the, the, the feedback because I say the craziest shit. So, you know, it's nice for Justin to hear, like, you know, that people appreciate him, too.
1: It's just, like, because I get, you know, it's funny, because it's just for people who don't listen to the show, it's just you and him reviewing just whatever movie you want to talk about. Absolutely, yeah. And it's and it's just, like, it's a what. What I love most about it is like it's a, a wide array of films. It's not just it's, it could it's, it, it could go from well, I mean, just like it doesn't go far back to like uh, you know even like the, you know the, the 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 golden age of the, the first half of, this, of the the twentieth century, but you do manage to yeah. do a lot of films, and it's just you guys would just go you know talk about whatever, especially uh, the there, there have been times as somebody who has experienced this where um uh fans of the show will request that you review something and you will actually go about reviewing it whether you do yep. uh you also you, know, you also do review shows on Patreon and everything and it's such a um, it's just like you two have a very skewed way of thinking being of course being comedians mm-hmm. whereas just like y- you guys will go to places that um, certain people who do, you know, people who do regularly do movie reviews,
3: don't go. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we get a little crazy sometimes, but we we also try to like relate to the movie and like try to like add some context as well, like the absurd things that we're saying.
1: Yeah, but because I, you know, I just I just got through listening to uh, the Knives Out episode, uh, the latest mm-hmm. episode. We had also had J L Calvin. Yep. On the show, and y'all, y'all were going to, y'all were going into some very different tangents. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just, uh, you know, started talking. And, and near the end, started talking about, uh, you know, Billy D. Williams, and I his his whole fl- sexually fluid thing.
3: And just, <laughs> fluid thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's. And that's what I like about our show, is that we just can go off in any direction. Like, at this point, Justin and I are very comfortable with each other, so we kind of just, like, yes-and each other. And, you know, we, we you know, you've, you've listened to the show long enough where you know that we'll sometimes have these random weird asides. Yeah. And not to be. we get really personal, really deep. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, like, for instance, the Updot didn't play inside episode, a lot of people were like, oh, shit, this took a really uh, dark, personal turn.
1: Yeah, which episode um, is this? I'm sorry. Which episode was this?
3: The abducted and played sight one. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. That crazy yeah. Netflix uh, documentary. But we we ended up making it kind of like serious because we talked about some stuff that has happened in each of our past that people were listening. We were like, whoa, this took a turn.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys will 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 dip into the personal life of uh, uh, personal lives of each other. Absolutely. And, and talk a lot about stuff. He talk about things going on. He person I mean. Uh, Believe you just got you know you got married and um justin now uh is a is a father and everything and yep. just like that that plays a lot into it and just let's let's briefly let's take it back to the beginning where this show even came about
3: yeah I mean it just like uh well initially the show like started with me just kind of like with a microphone talking about movies. And, you know, it got kind of lonely really quickly. It just felt weird to talk about movie previews and films by myself. And uh, at the time, Justin was kind of looking to, you know, take on a new project. And he had always been interested in podcasting. We were we were just hanging out as we, we've been prone to do. And I was just like, why don't you just do this podcast with me? And then we record a few episodes together. Uh, it was a bit rough at first because we were just trying to figure out the flow of the show and how you know we should go about grading movies, and then, of course, the theme song, which uh, surprisingly didn't take that long for us to record, but it did take us a long time to brainstorm what it was going to be. And then once we had it, we knew that that's the, that's the key ingredient. And so uh, ever since then, you know, it's just been pretty consistent. Like every week, we're just turning out new episodes. We're actually fascinated by how little we've actually either missed a week, which happened, I think, one time. Or we've just like released, you know, archived episode or something like that. To if we need to take a week off or something, Um, but we've been really, really consistent for the past four and a half years, which is bonkers.
1: Yeah. Well, I was actually debating whether or not because yeah, to uh, play the theme song is a very catchy theme song, but I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just very tired right now, and I got I got clear out the studio uh, (laughs) in about I don't know, like oh yeah, about. 35 40 minutes so yeah. um i don't know We, well, you, you want to talk about the oscars I, forget, I forgot to bring that up at the top of the show i know the oscars came out and just like it just hey you know the oscars you know are still on that bullshit
3: yeah man i like i think still i i think i wrote on twitter one day were all announced monday like i'm not watching like it's bad enough to already not have a host and like that's clearly because they can't get anyone to do it anymore because you know, they're probably afraid of like people finding out about past tweets or comments they've made, especially comedians. And that's already bad enough. And then on top of that, for it to be I was worried when the Baptist came out, when I was like, damn, this is like this is just disrespectful at this point. Like there's been so many good, diverse performances that this shouldn't have happened. And I was like, yo, I think that it's going to happen for the Oscars. It's like crazy for me to think, given like the diversity of last year's nominations. But I was like, this is probably going to happen. And then lo and behold, you know, like a lot of people got shut out. Like Lupita Nyong'o, uh, J-Lo, uh, Aquafina. It, it, it was just baffling. I think the one that bothers me the most is Lupita Nyong'o. But being replaced, you know, like not replaced, but like that Cynthia... From Harriet is the one that got the sole nom for person of color, because it really does reiterate that messaging. Like the Academy only really rewards performances when they're like black suffrage. Yeah, and that's that's really really annoying and just it's just played out. Like at this point, there was just it's unacceptable with the the pool that they had this year.
1: Well, you also got to remember last year. I mean, they had like this all the all these nominees for whatever, and they still managed to give the shit to. The big winners were Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book. So <laughs> yeah. it's like even even when they try to you know, bring some progression into the nominations, they're still gonna award it to the same old bullshit and everything. Just I know, like nobody talks about Green Book that that much. I, I know you. I think like weren't didn't didn't you like gave it some positive remarks on it?
3: Yeah, we I mean we, we Justin and I at the time we just took it for the movie it was and we were like it is entertaining. Like rehearsal was really good in it. Devo Morrison did his thing even though, you know, the press junket could have definitely gone better. Yeah. Uh but like as a movie we were like it's fine, like it's enjoyable. You're not gonna feel like I you wasted two hours, but for it to win best picture in the in diverse category, you know, the pool that I had last year, absolutely not. Like that was that was absurd. And I, I think that we're, we're the, the Academy is just so used to rewarding what's in their comfort zone versus what actually could have a legacy that I think it's just, it's becoming more and more irrelevant in the pop culture spirit. Like it's like the Academy Awards is not what's popping anymore. And it's not what's representative of a changing America and changing world. And so I think within like the next two years, unless things change drastically, like no one's going to watch the Oscars, including critics like ourselves.
1: Yeah, it almost seems like they're just being just being bitches on purpose.
3: Yeah, it's
1: just uh, just you know just because they could have gave uh, you know, nominees. Yeah, you, you just mentioned like yeah, Lupita go Like people have been trying to downplay how successful us was, which is weird. Like it was one of the biggest hits of last year, mm-hmm. but people don't talk about it as much anymore. And just or or just even stuff like Hustlers, which was a very successful. Movies starring women directed by a woman, yep, and just we got yeah you and know, what was your favorite movie of last year
3: my my favorite movie of last year, of uh last year was probably ooh, so that's split, like I really, really love dolomite as my name, probably watched that back a few times um. I'm I I'm one of those stands for the Irishman, but to be fair to myself, I did see the world premiere, so I think I have, like, a special infinity for it now mm-hmm. um, because I did you, see it in the movie theater and they just followed what a panel by Joe Pesci and Al Pacino and everybody. So, like, you know, what? seeing it in that environment, I think made me love it probably more than I really do.
1: By the way, just like you were, like, I, I had several friends who went to that screening, and if I knew you were going to that screening, I would have, like, kind of linked you all up. Cause, yeah, I remember, uh, Cause like yeah. I heard it was just like, it was like early in the morning and there were lines, uh, you know, all around the Lincoln morning, center. Yeah. And just, yeah. it was
3: Nuts. Yeah. It was nuts, but it was just like, it was one of the coolest, like everyone who asked me after I saw it, like, should I see this in the movie theater? I was like, yes, mm-hmm. do not like, do not see it on Netflix. Watch it in the movie theater. It's the best choice you can make. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, once upon a time in Hollywood was pretty good. Um, really enjoyed that. I, I liked Uncut Gems. A lot of people I know, it's like getting mixed responses, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and dude, I recently saw 1917. Man, that movie—it's hard. I was not—I was not expecting that.
1: Oh, well, I mean, listen. I, I was just talking about that with somebody a couple of days ago. Where it's yeah, the the whole. One take, even though it's not one take film, is kind of just been. I mean, we already did this with Birdman, where it's just. <laughs> we know it's, you know it's not really one take, but it's just. Yes. And it's just, that's just the whole gimmickry of it. And plus, you know, I've seen. I mean, there was already a documentary that came out early in the year called They Shall Not Grow Old, which I. Oh, yes. yes. Love, which, which um, gave a more thorough evaluation of how excuse me, uh, British soldiers uh, lived during World War One. They
3: just... Okay.
1: Yeah, that shit was just... Yeah, once you find out... And it's also kind of like a microcosm of how just soldiers lived during wartime in general, no matter who, you know, whose side you're on. Just like soldiers, just, you know, people... When, people, when soldiers are actually in the trenches, they're not... Living their best lives, so they're they're doing it yeah. for a purpose, but it's still not you know just like, you know they're 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 God. nasty and down and like you know not bathing and everything. So, you know that I got more out of that documentary which uh, Peter Jackson did, and just then, uh, nineteen seventeen, which was which was mainly just like, you know, just watch Sam Mendes. Yeah. you know tie together a bunch of one take scenes and so.
3: Yeah. Well what I what I did like about it was that you know like you know um in uncut gems everyone was saying like man this movie is like pure anxiety like it's anxiety on screen. And for me like not really knowing anything about 1917 and sitting down in this like crowded movie theater uh great Dolby sound I was just like oh I am freaking out this whole movie. Really? Yeah. Well that's nothing. Yeah, it's just like you know, like, even though you don't know too much about the main characters, like, there's the anxiety of, like, they have this time frame, this time window to, like, achieve, like, you know, to make this mission happen. And, like, you just see all the crazy shit that keeps coming in their way, and you're like, oh, this is nuts. You know what I mean?
1: And that's not doing Uncut Gems. I've seen it twice now, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I've, you know, I, I knew coming into that movie it was just, like, I wouldn't have the same reaction a lot of people would have because I just mm. enjoy seeing, I don't know, just, just like, because I knew just like Adam Sandler was going to go through a lot of shit and just like as somebody who's had to sit through his movies, I'm like, let's go. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, just it is, it is, you know, it's it's a self thing. It's an Adam Sandler movie for people who hate Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> it's a James Toback movie for people who hate James Toback movies. I like like a friend of mine brought up like Otis
3: Oh, don't bring up that name to me. Yeah. Oh, really? What's, what? After after did you did you hear our black and white review? Oh
1: oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I listened to that episode and like y'all really went into I saw that movie like twenty years ago and I was just like, What the fuck is going on? And it's just, yeah, it's just like he make he just generally makes these very creepy movies mm-hmm. where he just uh, fetishizes uh, just you know black men and just you know black you know I don't, I don't know if you ever seen Fingers where it's like the, the big centerpiece in that movie is just like uh, Har- Harvey Keitel just being in awe of Jim Brown just uh, toning down two white women. So oh that's, God! Yeah, so it's just like it's funny, just like yeah, you know, just like I, you know, when my friend, I, a friend of mine, told me that, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's like James Toback, but it's just like I hate James Toback movies, so this is just like, oh, this is just like it's a good movie, like because like the heroes in James Toback movies rarely get their comeuppance, and so this was just like a spin on that.
3: Oh, that's a theme. Okay, got it. Because we were like, yeah, no one in this movie actually had consequence, yeah. like. What was the point of this movie? Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense now. That's a common theme.
1: Yeah, in you, you, black and yeah. By the way, just like if anybody listens to Black and White, because once again, y'all, y'all, y'all went off in this tangent where uh, Justin was doing what song? Did he, like some commercial
3: jingle. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on that one. Uh, It was just some weird. Yeah, songs out of nowhere. Yeah, like, and it, it,
1: was it was just nowhere. like a, it was just like near the end, you, you just singing this song, and just, uh, just, just like we're just cracking you two up, and just yeah, was, that's 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 what I enjoy about the, uh, the show where just like it's just obviously you two guys have known each other long enough to know what <laughs> make will just make people make you two laugh and just you know, bring that a part of the review so.
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's been, like, one of the most surprising things um, that I've really appreciated, like, in my my comedy career is being able to... I never, like, you know, I never thought that I would be, like, a radio voice, so to speak, like, with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but between the Comedy Outliers podcast I did for a few years and now this, like, I really feel like there's nothing more fulfilling than being able to, like, make my best friend laugh and, like, get, you know, get some you know some free movies and some like money doing it like i think that's one of the coolest things in the
1: world for me. yeah and and also just like i'm, I'm i don't know if you'll have gordon baker bone cuz like when justin was uh dealing with uh his, you know you know his whole fam thing being a being a father uh, uh gordon baker bone was brought on as a guest host mm-hmm. and um I, I gotta say just like he's he's become one of my new favorite comedians uh, oh, okay, there's a guy who's just. I mean, I still remember the you know because he was there for the It episode, It yeah. Chapter One, the It Chapter One episode, even though he never didn't see it. And then you brought him back for the Candyman Two Live Show, which was just yep. where he. I don't know if he got any uh backlash from the Beehive about you know all all this stuff, but and I, and went and listened to his comedy album. I'm just like, why is this dude doing? Why is this dude doing more shit?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I really appreciate you supporting like the people we've had on the show. Like, I, I saw that like you were sharing like Gordon Baker Bones album and stuff online. And I, I really appreciate that because it just shows that people are listening and people like appreciate the art that we're putting out.
1: Well, I mean, I'm one of these people like if you like shit, let people know you, you like it. Hope in the hopes that you know they might like it too. It's just like I'm, you know, just just let people just you know just hit people to different shit. I'm just like
3: <laughs> absolutely, man.
1: But, you know, just, I'm I'm, I'm trying to uh, bring this whole thing back. With, like, the, the point of the show <laughs> is to talk about things that, you know, piss people off. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to have the guests on the show, we should just go into, you know, what bothers them, what annoys them. And just, I'm just thinking, just, like, is there any shit that's bothering you lately?
3: I mean... Have you looked on the news, man? Everything. I, I I try not to. I try not to think about it all day because that's not productive. Like it's beyond my control except for like my vote. When and I say my vote in quotes, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I, the fact that we have this guy in office that is just doing everything, everything that's immoral, and that people like are like that's non-presidential. An and just knowing if Obama had done the same thing or Hillary, even it would just be like the end of days. Right. For, for some people that, that hypocrisy just like really eats me to my core. Like I, I've been heartbroken ever, ever since the 2016 election. Not just because, not because like, you know, like to me, the, the presidency really does impact my day to day, but for the message that it's sent of like the fact that this guy who pretty much, heckled, you know, Obama for his entire presidency, was like, you're not a real citizen. Oh, release your transcripts. Like, I'm smarter than you, all this stuff. And Obama obliged that. And then America was like, yeah, we're going to send that guy in after you. And so Obama had to grit and bear it and, like, be the upstanding role model that he is, because if he hadn't been, if he had been an asshole to Trump, they'd never want to be like, oh, see, you know, he's no good, and he's just an angry black man like we told you. It's just stuff like that that just every day bothers me. Every day, I'm just like, man, I really, I really want to punch something. But I don't. I don't because I have my podcast and I have edibles.
1: <laughs> you have edibles?
3: Yeah. That's me. That's me the last one.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't fuck with edibles anymore ever since I had a bad experience where I ate two pot brownies. At, like oh, no. th- at three o'clock in the morning at a radio station. And I was so goddamn high, I had to pull over at a Walgreens parking lot and try to see if I can sleep it off. And oh, jeez. I couldn't. Like all three of the time, I was just thinking, I was in the car and I just, please don't get out the car. <laughs> don't get out, the, don't go into the Walgreens. No, like I just I found a way, to, like I somehow, some way I managed to drive all the way back to my home, and uh, I must have been high for two days. It's just like, well, high and nauseous for two days, because I like. Oh no! Because like people never tell you like what you should do when you eat edibles. They just like nobody ever says like, hey, just like just get like a small piece like. Or something like that. They just give you edibles and just, like, well, this was at the, you know, I don't know, this was, like, years ago. So it was just, like, nobody was really hipping anybody to edibles and shit. So that's 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 i damn pissed off about. If you're going to give a person an edible, you got to, like, you got to, yeah, let him let them know the the deal. Like, do, the, do that whole weird shit with, like, oh, well, if you eat, like, a pot gummy, just get, like, a little leg and, and eat it. 'Cause looks like you gonna get Yeah, a you got up. you
3: gotta moderate it. You can't eat too much because like you have to know like kind of your balance because yeah. if you have too much then it's gonna be a rough first go.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know essentially, if essentially
3: you, you lose all control.
1: I don't know if you remember that, that you know, when Maureen Dowd wrote that I think that New York Times piece where she like had a pot candy bar, she went in her hotel and she got fucked up and just like did any didn't anybody tell you? how edibles work and everything. So,
3: <laughs> so. Like, no, that's why I'm crying. Yeah. So I, I do, <laughs> yeah, you do have to be careful. Cause I, I remember one time I had some, uh, some edibles and I was at JFK airport crying in a corner, eating an egg with muffin. Cause I was just like overwhelmed with like all the senses.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Just, <laughs> I gotta say it all in, in the, in the, Various times that I've been high, I never cried. Can, can, <laughs> never. I, I think good. I'm dead inside. There's that, um, but uh, but yeah, you got to. Yeah, I, I strongly. Uh, I mean, is there any other stuff that's that's uh, by any, any stuff you think should be canceled just because you know a lot of people you know. A lot of uh are I mean, of
3: you know me, I'm not into like uh I'm not really about that cancel culture, but um mm-hmm. there is a recent thing that popped up in the comedy community where this comedian named Brad Williams he was on um Getting High with Doug.
4: Yeah, and, I saw that.
3: uh or getting Doug with High or yeah, something no. like that, and he had this like, you know, story about uh, being on Carlos Messina's tour bus and you know, uh this this woman came on the bus and, you know, was, you know, trying to hook up with Carlos and because Letour off, they just sent Brad Williams, who's who's a little person, mm-hmm. and there, and essentially Brad Williams had sex with this person unknowingly, unknowing to her, and then woke up and was like, "Oh, you're not Carlos Mancina. and they were like giggling about the show, and I'm like, "Okay, that's that's rape," and then I guess Brad Williams recently was like, "It was a joke, guys, it's a fake story," but it's like, dude, you worked hard to scrub this off the internet for a reason. Like this isn't a, this isn't the funny story, and even if it was. You should have immediately course corrected. It shouldn't have, because I believe this interview is from years ago.
1: I, I, I guess and, so. Like I haven't, heard, I haven't watched Getting Doug with Hyde so long. But the, the, the sad thing is that's not the first time I've heard somebody, uh, a comedian. Well, there was that that whole thing uh, with with uh, yeah. Jay Farrow uh, talking about that story about Charlie Murphy tricking a, a girl into thinking that he was Eddie Murphy. And they went up to there was a party at Eddie Murphy's house. And uh, you know, she went down on Charlie thinking it was Eddie. And oh, she sure. ran ran out thinking and, th- and it's funny because I actually interviewed Arsenio Hall. And Arsenio Hall said, "Cause like there was like all these 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 uh details in the story and I'm like it, it, and he was like, you know Amy Murphy doesn't have like uh like a like a a window in his floor and shit like that, just so just like he was telling me how the story wasn't true.
3: Oh, uh, okay.
1: So it's just like
3: Interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, so I don't even know like what but considering the fact that you don't really hear a lot from Jay Farrow these days, you know, something <laughs> tells me that either you know that that story may not be false, or yes, he may not he may didn't he wasn't supposed to tell that story, so it's hard to tell. So. Yep,
3: yep, that makes sense because definitely Eddie Murphy. If, if there's any black comics that have the uh, the clout to destroy you or at least bury you, it would be Eddie Murphy.
1: Yeah, especially now since we you know you know Eddie Murphy's in again. Just even you know he's on the cover of Vanity Fair, even though he didn't get no Oscar nomination and shit like that. Just
3: Well, I mean, for, for years, I mean, if you, if you listen to interviews with like black, like famous black comedians, they were always talking, they're always talking about hanging out with Eddie Murphy. So that's why when he returned to SNL, which was one of my favorite moments of, you know, last year, um, when, you know, Chappelle and Chris Rock and Tracy Morgan appeared on stage with him, I'm like, yeah, if you listen to interviews with these comedians, they talk about all the time, hanging out with Eddie Murphy and he's still the funniest guy on the planet. Yeah. So they all, like, yeah, so, like, that means they all, like, have this circle that they're a part of, and, like, this, you know, this, this, like, least elite, uh, elite club, and so if Jay Farrell effed up and said something out of pocket, yeah, he's not going to be part of that club no more, mm-hmm. if he was even part of the club in the first place. Yeah.
1: Well just, yeah. I, I mean, what we'll just have, it's funny, because, like, you, in the Knives Out episode, you, you had J.L. Calvin out and just talking about comedy in general, just, uh, that is... I mean, how is that these days? Because you, you—I love how you guys are talking about one comedian, and I, and I have it, even though you didn't say this person's name, I have an idea who you guys were talking about. Okay. And just it's is just like the whole thing, because like I believe, like the thing you guys were talking about was the whole do-it-yourself ethic, and like the whole, like I said, the whole Dane Cook model yep. of stand-up comedy, which is just like, oh, I have. A lot of followers online, and let's you know bring that up. Just as that is kind of like a misconception that you guys feel that has just been out there, uh, just permeating, and that's not really how it goes in the stand-up field.
3: I think so. I mean, for me, it's kind of like a for the individual we were talking about. Again, they were like part of a huge show on MTV. They do a show with one of the most prolific. Um, and also controversial radio voices in the country, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, man, you just got to hustle like this." It's like, but you started off like when you were building up these YouTube videos, Instagram videos, with over a hundred, like thousand plus fans and people that are like watching your every move. So like, yeah, that's easy to do. Whereas like you know with the media popcorn, like we are ex- explicitly a do-it-yourself operationally. Like we use our small but mighty network to like get on other podcasts and, you know, and help promote the show. And we, you know, we have this, this great um, devoted legion of fans that like, you know, support us and, and share the show. And we're just now like starting to get other podcasts that have some reasonable clout in the industry to shout us out. You know, recently uh, black man can't jump in Hollywood. They like, they tweeted out like, and recommended our show to people like, it's, it's really, it's really like a groundswell, uh, whereas the people that sometimes complain are people that are just like already kind of at another level or already like have a certain amount of privilege that they're just like not pretty to because when they compare themselves to the pe- friends of theirs that are men- mainstream, they're like, well, I don't have that. It's because I'm, that's why I'm going to do it myself and pull myself on my own bootstraps. But it's like, what the fuck you got the best boots in the industry? Like you, you don't need to do that. I'm over here trying to get some buzz together just to make the souls.
1: Have mm. you ever th- uh, thought about you know, joining like a, like a loudspeakers or an earwolf or like Bill Burr's? Uh, I think All Things Comedy Network is getting part of that and seeing. You
3: getting- I mean, we would we would definitely be open to it. Um, never had those kind of conversations. I think it's all about like you know what we each bring to the table and uh, if it makes sense for our listeners. I think you know, just making sure that we're accessible as possible and that, you know, we don't have any restrictions. I think the biggest thing that Justin and I have going for us right now is that we aren't beholden to any, like, uh, you know, restrictions and what content we can talk about, movies we can talk about. The last time I want to go to a network that's like, hey, I love what you guys are doing, but don't do these kind of movies or only do these kind of movies because then that changes the show. I love the fact that essentially unless, like, you're, part of Patreon or occasionally we post on like the social media. You don't really know what movies coming the following week. I think that's, what's so cool about it. It's like, you're like, okay, this week, like, first this week we release knives out, but, um, no one has any idea what we're doing next week, which I think is great. Like, you don't know what movie we're going to drop into your pod- your podcast player. Um, just because like we can kind of do whatever movies we want. And we have a lot of wild stuff coming up soon. Um, I think uh, because you're a huge fan, you're going to really enjoy the insanity that's about to hit your ears in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, But that's the, that comes with a lot of freedom, right? And so, like, joining a network is an exciting prospect, but only if it makes sense and it helps the show grow in the way that, you know, really fits for our fan base and will help us be able to maintain the quality of the show that we have.
1: Yeah. I just want to add something real quickly before we go. Just, um, yeah, just... Uh, yeah, just uh, have y'all stopped? Um, uh, uh, cause I I remember emailing you a couple of, uh, of films, but just like, has my rep been so, uh, you know, just like, you know, don't don't get any, more, you know, don't uh bring any more suggestions from him because he puts <laughs> us through hell.
3: Cause I remember, I remember, there's like, this, I mean, you gave us collateral beauty, man. I'm I'm I, I honestly like I I think. If you do ever get just on the show, do not remind him that you're the one who suggested that. Oh
1: yeah I, yeah, I remember him saying like, he hates me and everything. <laughs> like, that was. I mean, oh, there's boy. this one Rosario Dawson movie directed by William H Macy that uh, just like I uh, just like I, I think I, I sent you a link to that and just I
3: have those movies on the list. It's just like our list is so big, man. It's and that's kind of why we push a lot of people to like support the show as much as possible. Um, so, because Justin and I would love to make this like a full-time gig, where mm-hmm. we're recording reviews, we're recording TV reviews, we're doing like, uh, for instance, I'm going to give a sneak preview in here right now. We're almost to 100 Patriots. Yeah. If we get to 100, we're going to do a script reading of a famous musical that's going to be absolutely bonkers with a with a diverse cast of comedians, and it's going. We're going to do stuff like that if we can get like, you know, to a place where we're like feeling uh, better, like financially can like allocate the time. Um, So like, we we're going to do some wild stuff, but again, just kind of going back to your question about like recommendations, like I have your movies on deck, but you also send me some of the wildest movies where I'm like, Oh God, (laughs) (laughs) like, like we can only take so many bad movies in a row before we do have to watch an acclaimed movie. Like watching Knives Out was like a palate cleanser yeah. compared to like the dog shit we've been watching lately. Yeah, like yep. the Hebrew Hammer, my god.
1: Y'all saw Cats and just like yeah, you pe- people y'all. If anybody's listening, y'all y'all should really go back to Cats because it always because Cats have something that I always enjoy listening to on podcasts, which on your podcast, which is just Justin Brown losing it for about five minutes and just going off on a tangent. Just like, I still remember the good burger tangent. He went on where he's like <laughs> talking about when he gives the burger to shack and just edit this fucking psychopath. I just, I just loved those moments. So just like that, that yeah. is, is that cats and, and uh, just, yeah. So, and also like as soon, as soon as I get money again, I will uh I wanna go back on Patreon and just pass that along and make sure I wanna get those uh, episodes again cause, uh just uh 'cause I don't know what the hell's going on but nobody's working anymore. And just like so it's hard for me to get yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so uh yeah, so I'll be doing that. So um but uh yeah I gotta head off. Going, what?
3: I just said keep the hustle going man. But uh, uh we've always appreciated your support.
1: All right. All right. Well well just uh just tell people where they can uh, reach you and everything.
3: Sure. Uh folks can follow me at American Collins, AmericanCollins.com. If you happen to be in New York City, I have a show on Saturday, February twenty ninth called Drunk Black History, which is exactly how it sounds it's a show where uh comedians come and talk about historical black figures that maybe haven't gotten as much shine uh as like M O K and Malcolm X and we get drunk uh, doing it. It's a lot of fun. And of course you can follow uh the medium popcorn show on all your podcast uh, players, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and Spotify. All
1: right. Well, uh thank you very much, Brandon, for taking part. You know, as all you know, I always trying to find guests on the show. I just at at this point I just like holler at four people and whoever says okay, you know, thing. But thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, you yeah, have a good one then. You too. All right, uh, that was Brandon Collins, and um, you know this is Craig D. Lindsay. So, um, so until then, just want to say till the next one, uh, Sarah Huckabee, you, me, and a six pack of this uh, St. Arnold Christmas Ale. You know, just it tastes really good, and just we can just do a lot of things with it. All right, I'm out.